All right, biohackers, who doesn't love a yummy, creamy whey protein shake? Oh, it is such a treat. And I really love it as a meal replacement, post-workout recovery, maybe even a midday snack. So this is why I have to tell you about Puri Protein Powder. I absolutely love the bourbon vanilla flavor and the chocolate, but I think I got to go with the, the vanilla as my favorite. So it's smooth, it's delicious. And you know what else? It's pretty awesome that the flavors come from real natural ingredients like the bourbon vanilla seeds from Madagascar. And let's talk about quality because there's a lot of junk whey protein on the market that I would not recommend. So the Puree whey protein, it comes from pasture-raised cow's milk with no hormones, no GMOs, and no pesticides. This is because Puree's mission has always been to be the best at offering pure, clean, and superior products that, that support health and well-being. And what I think truly sets them apart is that they are fully transparent with their product testing. Every batch is third-party tested against more than 200 contaminants and certified clean by the Clean Label Projects. Not all brands can say this. Plus, each product contains a QR code so you can personally scan it and review the test results at home. I know you're excited to try it out. So what you're going to do is head on over to puri.com slash biohackerbabes. That's P-U-O-R-I.com slash biohackerbabes. And then make sure you use promo code biohackerbabes at checkout to save 20%. All right, let's get back to the show. We're digging deep and asking the questions we need to ask. Years of stress and not just emotional. I was depleting my body. I was malnourished. I'm working out like crazy. I'm eating all these healthy foods. How could I not be well? We have to get back to the basics. We can change the way our genes are expressed. Anyone that wants to improve their health or upgrade their health, they should be biohacking. My name is Renee. And I'm Lauren. We are the Biohacker Babes. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. The Biohacker Babes podcast aims to create insight into the body's natural healing abilities strengthen your intuition, and empower you with techniques and modalities to optimize your health and wellness. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Welcome to episode 41 of the Biohacker Babes. I'm Renee and I'm here with my sister, Lauren. Hey, everyone. So today we want to talk about reducing your toxic load. So most of us are stuck in our homes, uh, way more than we're used to. And surprisingly, your house can actually be one of the most toxic places. So if our windows are closed, you know, we're even more worse off, I guess I would say, like we're just bombarded with chemicals, whether it's the flame retardants in your furniture to your personal care products in your bathroom loaded with xenoestrogens, maybe it's the chemicals in your cleaning products, but all that's flowing through the air. And if, again, your windows are closed, it's just like a cloud of chemicals you're being exposed to. 
So we're going to talk today about, you know, a little bit of the sciencey stuff, you know, what's going on with these chemicals, and then we'll get into the biohacks of what we can do about it, how we can eliminate it and support our body. So this episode is really for everyone that's stuck at home. I mean, hopefully you're just hanging out listening to the biohacker babes right now, but this is also <laughs> all you're doing. That's all you're doing. Um, I mean, come on, we're better than any Netflix show right now, right? <laughs> Tiger King has nothing on the biohacker babes. Nope. Um, so anyway, so if you are bored, like why not take this time to clean out your bathroom products, start looking online for some better options. You know, we're just trying to give you some more fun activities to do while, while you're stuck at home. It's funny, Renee, I was, when I was thinking about doing this episode and just the inspiration behind this topic, I actually initially was thinking, this is a really good time to work on some healthy habits that you can take out into the real world to reduce your toxic exposure. So oh. it was like, okay, get used to drinking out of a water glass rather than a plastic bottle. Like you're at home, you don't have to drink out of plastic, right? You can just go to the kitchen and fill up your cup. But we really have to look at the home. It's like, if we're trying to protect ourselves from the outside world, we might as well start in our own homes and like in our own bodies. Step one, right? And yeah. you're right. Like the home can be so incredibly toxic. And if we're sitting around, it's a good time for spring cleaning, right? Yeah. That's interesting how we kind of have two different approaches to the same topic, but either way, get rid of the toxins. I'm right with you in, I mean, in the reasoning why we need to look at this. It's so important because- before we get into all the science, like the gist of it is, and we've talked about this on a previous episode, like one of our very early on episodes was about reducing toxic exposure, but we could talk about this forever because it is so pertinent to your health. Like, I think this could be a huge missing piece of the puzzle when it comes to health and wellness and like really getting your health on track. Um, and before I go into all the stats, the scary stats about it, we're really talking about like fat here, fat storage disrupting your hormones, disrupting your sleep, and just creating toxicity in the body, which makes you age faster. So just keep that in mind as I'm going through these stats because it's affecting all of us in a really scary way. So yeah. And can I, if I can simplify why most people are sick, it's usually too many toxins, not enough nutrients. Exactly. If you want to make it really simple, get rid of the toxins, increase the nutrients. Of course, there's a million ways you can do that, but if you make it really simple, there you go. Yeah. And just like a prime example of this, like for those of us that are at home worried that we are going to gain weight while we're sitting at home in quarantine and we're trying to do every free workout that we see on Instagram and you know, we're really just so focused on like the fat loss and maintaining whatever muscle and whatever fitness goals we have, but we're not looking at these products that are contributing to our fat storage. Like we're not really going to get very far. Right. Those obesogens, which I know we talked more about in that last or that episode early on, the obesogens are those chemicals. Like you said, they're getting stored in the fat. It's like it, that's easier than maybe diet and exercise in a way, right? Just getting rid of the toxic products. So, but yeah, yeah I mean, it's that. a huge piece. It's a huge piece that we can't ignore for sure. I mean, don't stop exercising. I want you to do that, but of course. you gotta look at this stuff. Okay. So here are some stats about just chemicals in general. And this really goes for the United States because we allow way too many toxins in our products and in our environment, which is really sad. Um, there are 84,000 chemicals that are registered for use on the market. Uh, there are only 40,000 actively in use, but we have access to 84,000 total. And 
of those 84,000, only about 200 have adequate safety data, meaning there hasn't really been adequate research or if the research has been done, have like such a long way to go as, as far as like getting really clear information about what this is doing. Like I think the testing is a little skewed because a lot of the times the testing is done on amounts that are much lower than what we're actually being exposed to. So something could be deemed as safe, but the testing was on like a much lower exposure. So how can they say that that's safe? Yeah, basically we have the saying like chemicals are innocent until proven guilty in the US, right? It's like the lack of testing. Companies are able to just put chemicals into their products and put them out on the market before all the testing is done. So that's why we kind of say like it's it's innocent until people start getting sick or dying. And I think a case we can all remember is the Johnson & Johnson baby powder. I mean, that was huge and super controversial. It's sad that Johnson & Johnson had like millions of dollars to throw at you know, lawyers and covering up the whole issue. But this product was out there making people sick for decades before we even knew. So that's just one example of, of where that's happened in the U.S., that they cared about a profit. Interesting. Yeah. I think they ended up paying out, I don't know, something crazy, like $70 million or something. But to them, like that's pennies, you know, when they're Some making, change. Yeah. they're making billions off of one product. So yeah. Anyways. So we're really not being protected by our federal policies and there's not a lot of requirements for chemicals to be tested before going to the market. So the responsibility is falling on us. It's falling on the consumer. So we really have to step up and do our own research, try not to fall prey to just advertising, marketing uh, products that are supposed to save you from X, Y, and Z uh, because they're probably wreaking havoc inside of your body. Okay, so what else do we know? Prior to 2016, there was no requirement that chemicals be tested for safety prior to going to market. That is terrifying. Also, the CDC has measured more than 300 chemicals inside of our human bodies. And that includes pesticides, plastic compounds, nonstick chemicals, heavy metals. Oh, I had another stat somewhere. It's like, here we go, 98% of us have bisphenol metabolites in our urine. 98% of us. And I think a lot of us are probably at this point avoiding BPA, right? Like that's not a new word. That's not a new term. Um, I, we've been hearing about it for years and we're still getting 98% of us are, are testing for trace amounts of this. That's insane. Yeah. Well, it's just coming in in so many different ways. Like I think even something as sneaky as you go out to a restaurant and you eat meat and that meat was at one point wrapped in plastic wrap. You know, like it's just impossible yeah. to totally avoid. It is, but we can do what we can do to yep. avoid do our it best. most of the time. Because yeah, I think avoiding 100% of the time is unlikely, but there's a lot of stuff we can do on our own to protect. So the problem is that these chemicals are endocrine disruptors. Your endocrine system is your hormonal system and they become hormone mimicking in the body. So they mimic naturally occurring hormones and they can inappropriately turn on or activate a hormonal response. And as smart as your body is, it can't tell the difference. So it doesn't know whether this is <laughs> supposed to be happening or not, but it just happens. And so something that's really useful in a lot of these studies is looking at the PPAAR gamma pathway, which is the master regulator of adipogenesis, which is fat cell development right? 
And what happens is it can activate this pathway, but it downregulates activity. So it can selectively alter its activities. It can choose what it wants to do. So normally the PPAR gamma pathway will have like create a balance in the body. But when we have these endocrine disruptors, which are mimicking our hormones, it goes down this, like it takes a rogue path basically. So there are many studies, like one particular of studying the PPAR diverting the pathway more towards adipogenesis, which is the fat cell development and away from osteogenesis. So that's just like one of the many outcomes that can happen from these endocrine disruptors is that we lose bone mass and we get more fat cell storage. So basically we're like modulating the transcription of these downstream genes, which we do not want. And then that has a very direct correlation with obesity, which nobody wants. But beyond just obesity, obesity leads to so many other things like insulin resistance, glucose intolerance, dyslipidemia, cardiovascular disease, which interesting to think about this cardiovascular disease, is it really about the toxins more than the fat ingestion? We have to look at that. And all those things we know for current events increase your risk of catching a virus, right? Yeah. Yep. Really good point. One more thing in this category, BPA specifically, which is the big one that most people know about. BPA can alter leptin and ghrelin, which we've talked about on this podcast many, many times. It's your hunger satiety hormone. It tells you when to eat, tells you when you're full and to stop eating. We do not want that to be altered because then our brain just has no idea when we should be eating, when to stop, which is not good. So one more specific thing we can look at, and I can go on forever, uh, phthalates are highly associated with chronic inflammation and allergies. So maybe stop blaming the springtime. Sure, we can be uh, allergic to things that are found outside uh, in nature and in trees and the blossoms, but you probably have an overexposure to these environmental toxins. So again, we're coming back to why it makes you hotter. Um, We are increasing our fat storage, aging faster, and I think this is a huge missing piece. Yeah. I mean, I think toxins and the connection to how it makes you hotter, just think about someone that smokes cigarettes or someone that's an alcoholic, right? Just something as simple as that, right? They always look older than they are Absolutely, it's from the toxin exposure. So yeah, we're all going to look much healthier and brighter if we eliminate the toxins. Cut the shit out. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So of course, debate and controversy. So I have to say like the number one thing I always hear about when we're talking about like toxins and detox, people are like, oh, that's a bunch of BS. We, ha- we all have a liver and the liver's job is to detox. Yes. Yeah, but it can only handle so much. <laughs> yes. Our liver was not ready for the year 2020. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so true. <laughs> right? Like think about what our livers were detoxifying 200 years ago, just an example, right? Of course, there were chemicals, there were natural chemicals that we were exposed to. But today, when you think about all the things I talked about in the intro to today's episode, the liver is just so overwhelmed. And the more overwhelmed your liver is, the less your liver can do what it needs to be doing in other ways, right? Our liver is really important as part of digestion and hormone balance. But if it's too busy detoxing the you know, the phthalates and the BPA and the alcohol and the cigarette smoke, you know, it can't do all the other amazing things that it should be doing. So that's, that's why we want to boost detox, right? We're not saying your liver doesn't already do it. It just needs extra help in the year of 2020. Yeah. By reducing the burden. Yeah. Make its job easier. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. That's a great point. 
I think another point to consider in this debate controversy is that people will say like, everything is a chemical. We can't avoid chemicals because chemicals are natural. Like water is a chemical, right? Like we're drinking yeah. water. Structurally, yes, it's a chemical. Well, and this is kind of like a rabbit hole, but what kind of water are you drinking? Because water can be super toxic depending on where you're getting it from, how you're drinking it, how it's entering the body. It really has to do with like the actual toxicity of the chemical. And some people really say like the dose determines the poison. I'm not sure how true that is because I, in my mind, like a poison is a poison. Yeah. What's on that, Renee? I feel like you could argue that both ways, right? Like anything can become toxic or poisonous to the body, right? I mean, you could technically drink too much water, right? You could like drown yourself, but water is a necessary thing. And then of course, like you said, like what's in the water. But when you look at something like mercury and arsenic, well, it's just a little bit of mercury. <laughs> it's okay. Well, no, it's it's toxic. There's no safe level of mercury. Same goes with fluoride and arsenic and all those. So I don't know. I think it's- Yeah. I'm not going to gamble with that one. All the dentists out there that are saying like, fluoride, just a small amount and your toothpaste is totally fine. Right. But they're not accounting for- not added to the burden. Right. Right. But how about the fact that most people, when they brush their teeth, they swallow a little bit of that toothpaste. They maybe brush their teeth two to three times a day, every day. Like they're not looking at that total exposure. Um, yeah. And plus- toothpaste, check the label. It says, if swallowed, call poison control. Oh my God. Yeah. Like exactly. try and tell me that when you brush your teeth, you're not swallowing any of that. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. But you're also, you're talking about moderation, but there's so many other factors to consider, like how you metabolize certain things. We have different genetic pathways and different um, uh, predispositions to certain things. So like, that's something to consider in this. How is your own unique genetic material handling this chemical could be different. Right. Ours could be different, right? We talked about this in the last episode with fad diets. I can handle more saturated fat than you can. So how can we say saturated fat is good or bad? Right. 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 Yeah. That's where the testing and the biohacking comes in. This is actually funny timing. I was just reviewing a lab result with a client this morning going over. She is actually a really good methylator but she has a high toxic burden in her body. And she was mm -hmm. like, how is that possible? You know, and I'm like, you're different. You know, yeah. are you exposed to more toxins? Is it the detox pathways? You know, so that's where some really cool testing comes in to show how different everyone is. Absolutely. So we have some tips for you, right? This is never a doom and gloom. There's definitely some awesome things we can do in the biohacking realm. First up, water. Let's jump into water since we were already kind of talking about that. Yeah. There's a couple of things we have to look at with water. I would love to start with just like, what are you drinking out of, right? We want to get rid of the plastic bottles, use a glass water bottle, even like stainless steel, I think is okay. But I personally love glass and I think the water tastes better. It's just a little bit heavier to carry around. Yeah, I agree. It, is that what you use, Lauren? Use a glass bottle? I use a glass bottle and yeah, I do think it's heavy, but I also, I mean, I... <laughs> I try not to spend too much on buying water bottles, but like I have some mineral waters that I really love, like Gerald Steiner, Topo Chico, those are in glass bottles. So like I'll buy one of those and maybe refill it a few times. And like, if I decide to get rid of it, it's not the end of the world. It's going to be a little safer for the environment. It can be reused and it's glass. 
Um, I don't think there's a perfect way, but I'm not going to mess around with plastic. Even like the reusable water bottles, I think even if they say that they are free of BPA, I'm not convinced that they're still safe. Well, they could have BPS, so many other things. BP, BPs. <laughs> There's so many bisphenols. Like who decided to market that bisphenol A was the toxic one? Like what about bisph- bisphenol B and bisphenol S? You know what I mean? Like, Well, I think that's the marketing things. trend now. People got wise to the fact that people are learning about BPAs and that was just the one. So now everyone yeah. is marketing BPA free and ignoring the hundreds of other toxic chemicals that could be hiding in that water bottle. Right, right. So just because it says safe on it, it doesn't mean it's safe. Like do your own research. You, you yeah. can't just trust what is put in front of you at the store. And just because it's recyclable doesn't mean that it's safe. You know, like they say, like you have to avoid plastic number six and number seven, but like number one, number three is safe. But no, number one contains PET, which when exposed to heat or sunshine releases toxic chemicals. Number three contains PVC, which contains what Renee just mentioned, phthalates, that interestingly enough can cause male traits to become more feminized. That's terrifying. Um, That list is really endless. So I think just question the word safe. Who wrote that word on the bottle? Right. And like you said, the whole thing about being exposed to heat, I think people assume that, oh, I'm buying the plastic water bottle from a refrigerator at the store. So it's cold. It's okay. But you don't know where that bottle went to get to that store. It was probably in a truck for two days in the heat. You know, you just don't know. And every time it's heated, those chemicals leach into the water. Exactly. And it just happens over and over again. Yeah. So I really like Life Factory. That's my go-to, the glass bottle. I think stainless steel is probably okay. But yeah. I prefer glass like you. Stainless steel straws. I mean, I think it's easier to get away from plastic straws because they are being banned everywhere, but that's an easy one to carry around with you. Yeah, it's a uh, good thing to work on now. Yeah. Next thing I would say, don't drink from a coffee lid. If you can, Ooh. like bring your own mug or bring your own, like you can buy like a silicone lid and and swap out the plastic lid. I want to say Starbucks is working on getting a safer lid material, but they haven't yet. But like hot coffee Hmm. being filtered through that plastic lid, leaching chemicals every time it goes into your mouth. I mean, also maybe you just don't want to buy coffee out because (laughs) that's a whole nother rabbit hole. Like (laughs) that's a whole nother episode. (laughs) And mold. I know. Oh gosh. I'm victim. Like I like buying coffee out. Like sometimes I'm on the go and I just love getting a coffee to go. And even more so I love like the mobile checkout at Starbucks. I don't want to wait in the line. I want to walk in and pick up my cup, which means I can't walk in there with my own mug. I have to get the cup that's put on the counter for me. So if that's your journey, like me, you got to swap out the lid or just throw the lid away. Don't drink through the plastic. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's in the actual cup too. I think that's probably not safe. So yeah, maybe you just drink out of it less. Maybe you try to bring your own mug. Maybe you just always make your own coffee at home. That's what I do. But if I lived in New York, I'm sure that wouldn't be the case. Yeah. It's hard to do hundred percent of the time. But again, this is just about reducing the burden not being 100% perfect. Personal care products. We won't harp on this too much. We have a whole episode about this. So definitely go back and check that one out. But I think this is a really good time to go sit in your bathroom, pull all your products out, 
take like 30 minutes to do this and you're going to pull up the skin deep database on ewg.org, which is the environmental working group. And just one by one, plug in every product, shampoo, face wash, body lotion, just type in the name of the product. And then that website will give you a ranking of how safe it is. So it'll go from one to 10, one being like green, really healthy, good, 10 being red, the worst option. And then just make a list of everything and decide, okay, I'm going to get rid of the worst products one at a time. I'm not saying just go throw everything out and buy all new stuff today, but just as you run out of products, slowly start to replace them. This takes time. Like it took me probably a year or two to fully do this. And then what do you do next if your products are toxic? You know, Lauren and I love a couple of really good uh, companies. Beauty Counter, Anne-Marie Gianni has a great line. Uh, what else do you use, Lauren? I mean, Beauty Counter is my main. I do some drunk elephant products that I have like checked for toxicity and are like not so bad. Um, for, cause, uh, for makeup, I like Tarte, but there have been like a few products that I looked up on EWG that were surprisingly toxic. So I've had to swap those out. Mineral Fusion mm. is great. I don't use this one, but I have done a lot of research on it. Juice Beauty. Tends oh, to be I haven't heard of that one. Yeah. And then Alitura is also a great option. Oh yeah. I love their face mask. That's a good one. Yeah. All of their ingredients are like from the earth. That's their thing. It's just getting like really clean, natural compounds from the earth, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the face mask, but I don't know why it kind of smells like the Chesapeake Bay to me. <laughs> oh, I know that smell. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like if you walked through the Chesapeake Bay and just like scooped up the mud from your, like below your feet and put it on your face. Well, that's real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, my skin glows after, so I should probably right. do that today now that I think that works. <laughs> yeah. Renee, I didn't actually know that EWG had a ranking from one to 10. I thought that it went to five. I, I don't know if I should be embarrassed about that, but when I've seen a five on there, I've like freaked out and I like, dropped the product. I'm like, I gotta get rid of it. I had no idea that it went to 10. That's sounds pretty intense. Yeah. I'm kind of curious. What is a 10? I don't think I've ever looked up a product and found it to be that. I was actually playing on there this morning and sorry to shout out this one, but like I, I looked up a Neutrogena product for a client and it was a five. Okay. So, you know, middle of the ground, but I would still try and stick with one, two, maybe three if you had to. Yeah. But Ooh, I'm going to look up the tens after we get off this recording. <laughs> you have to let me know what that is. Yeah. Yeah. So just to recap that, like Go back and listen to our episode on personal care products. We go into this stuff a little bit deeper. That was feels like a long time ago, but <laughs> we still yeah, that stand was one of our first. Yeah. yeah. Next up, uh, easy one. Open your windows and get as much fresh air as possible. Uh, the weather is getting warmer. I know we've had some random cold days like across the country, but nothing beats fresh air. If you can't get outside and, and take a walk and expose yourself to sunshine and fresh air every day, at the very least, just open your windows. Definitely. Yeah. And then one step further, if you can invest in an air filter for your house or your apartment, whatever, I personally have the rabbit air filter just because when we first moved to Vegas, and I think this is a Vegas thing. Like we just noticed like our countertops and our dresser, like everything had this like weird dust almost like a sandy dust on it. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh, this apartment is toxic. What's going on? But then I started talking to people that live here and they're like, oh no, that's like the Vegas dust. That's a thing. 
And I was really grossed out. So I was like, okay, we got to get an air filter for this little apartment. And so after lots of research, we ended up getting the rabbit air. And within like five hours of that being plugged in, that dust was gone. I have not seen it in 16 months. So wow. doing something. And that's a, he- a HEPA filter, right? Yeah. I mean, it has a couple different like layers. It's a, the maintenance is a little, a little much. Like there's a layer you have to vacuum. There's a filter you have to replace. And Sure. But I think it's well, worth that it. stuff goes somewhere. So, right, right. Yeah, it definitely builds up the trash. Yeah, and I know some other really good ones are like Molecule. A lot of biohackers have that one. Uh, Lauren, I know you mentioned like Honeywell, Air Oasis. So, there's more and more coming out, which is awesome. So, if you have any questions about which one, definitely ping us and we'll, we'll chat. Yeah, in general, like anything that uses the, the HEPA technology is really good. I think Molecule is technically not HEPA, but their their research shows that uh, their models are actually even stronger than HEPA. There's a lot of research out there, so um, just start searching on your own, and we can provide some resources. Next on our list, another option to clean your air at home is to use a diffuser with essential oils. That's really great for cleaning the air. Um, certain oils are really great. Tea tree is awesome. Uh, eucalyptus chrysanthemum which is actually nasa's choice they like stand by chrysanthemum for cleaning the air out oh uh, wow that's so a lot cool. of citrus oils peppermint and you know they all smell really good um eucalyptus and peppermint are especially good for like cleaning out the nasal passages helping you to breathe a little bit better citrus is really energizing so the effects are um are plentiful you know there's lots of things that the, uh, the oils can do on top of just cleaning your air so it's a nice I like the citrus too for like a brain boost. Gives you like oh, some yeah. mental clarity. Yeah. I love orange. Sometimes I'll just, this sounds crazy, but I'll like shove a little bit up my nose. Just <laughs> like trying to wake up. Like, Why not? Oh, good morning. <laughs> orange. <laughs> good morning. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. When I diffuse the citrus in the house, um, my husband says it smells like the Soren ride at Disney. Do you oh remember God. that where like you soar over the orange groves of California? Yes, I yeah. love it. <laughs> Anything to take me back to Disney, I'll take it. <laughs> awesome. So good. Awesome. Um, okay, cleaning products. This is a big one. There's like definitely different levels of how clean you can get. There's a lot more options you can just buy. Things like Grove, Thrive Market, Young Living with all like their thieves, household cleaners. Those are great options. I think even to some extent, like Mrs. Meyer, seventh generation, like they're a little bit cleaner than maybe your more typical what Lysol and crap. But then if you want to go one step further, you can actually make your own. I mean, you can literally Google anything, like make your own household cleaner spray, make your own dishwashing detergent. You can make anything from like vinegar, lemon juice, baking soda, like simple ingredients. Oh yeah. You just named the top three. You don't need more than that. Or like just yeah. vinegar. I know mom just sprays vinegar on the countertops to clean them. Oh yeah. Yeah. And there's even like vinegar products now where like they just do vinegar on like a couple ingredients. Like my version of Windex, I guess it has vinegar in it. So that's what yeah. I clean all my mirrors and tables with. So yeah, I think like over sterilizing anything in the home is really scary. One, cause you're being exposed and inhaling those chemicals, but Two, like we need a little bit of bacteria. I know we're all af- deathly afraid of bacteria and viruses right now. So like the Lysol, the bleach, anything that's just going to like kill, kill, kill. But like we need some bacteria because that helps our microbiome thrive, right? Yeah, Another which reminds me of a really, 
What was that? Another episode there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you're writing these down as we go. Um, another really great product is home biotic spray. So yes. what you said just reminded me of that. It's like a, it's like a probiotic for your house. Yeah. So it helps to control like fungus and mold, anything that maybe would be growing, but it keeps it balanced. So it's not like Clorox bleach that just kills everything, including us. And then it like has fumes. <laughs> like I can't see uh, fumes. Yeah. It's, I mean, it definitely smells toxic. That's your first sign. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Home biotic. You know, sometimes you just need like some soap and water on your counter, honestly. Yeah. Keep it simple. Yeah. Okay. So I think uh, the bottom line from this episode should be like, we want to avoid this toxic exposure or avoid the burden, like overloading the liver. And we can do that just by avoiding plastics at all costs. I think do your own research, but from what I have found, I want nothing to do with them. And it's not reasonable to think that I'm never going to come into contact with them. Like, yeah, every now and then I'm out and I'm going to buy like some kind of beverage that comes in a plastic bottle, but 99% of the time I'm going to try to avoid it. So avoiding is the number one tip. And then we didn't really get into this, but like if your liver is overburdened, then maybe we can supplement and, and help out the detoxification process. But I think just starting by cleaning out your home, doing some spring cleaning and avoiding as much as possible. And then when we come out of isolation, you have all those habits in practice. Maybe you have bought some new products. I know it's really difficult to order and get things shipped, but order it now and hopefully you will have it by the time this is all over, right? Yeah. Take the time to do it. And like you said about overburdening your liver, I, I love the analogy of the rain barrel. Like our, our liver is like the rain barrel, right? It can like fill up so high, but when it starts spilling over, that's when we see autoimmune conditions, cancer, skin disorders, you know, all these things start to pop yeah, out. Cardiovascular disease, chronic yeah. inflammation. Yeah. And we didn't even get into um, the effect that environmental toxins have on pregnancy and babies before they're even born. That's a huge thing. Yeah. I mean, you could just Google that, you know, what chemicals are they seeing in, in newborns? It's terrifying. I don't think yeah. you can have a baby nowadays that's free of chemicals. It's just impossible. No, but again, so just, well, I like that best. analogy, keeping the rain barrel from overflowing. Yeah. And I, I thought just to add in, if you want to maybe learn a little bit more about this topic, but be entertained, <laughs> Two really good movies. Um, one's a documentary called Toxic Beauty, which you can just actually buy online for a couple bucks if you want to watch it from home right now. That one actually talks a lot about the Johnson & Johnson case, which I learned a lot about that that I didn't even know about from the news. But it also just what's going on in the beauty industry. And then for more of a Hollywood feature film, Dark Waters... This was terrifying. It's all about the controversy behind the DuPont scandal. I think it started in like the 90s, but it went on for like 15 years. I had no idea. So you'll learn a lot about, well, what happened at DuPont, but also just like legally what goes on with these huge corporations and how they get away with this stuff. Um, and Mark, Mark Ruffalo, Ruffalo, yeah. how do you say his name? I love him and he's the main actor in it. So it's like entertaining and educational at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And you have plenty of time to watch movies right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, just fit some education in there. There's lots of time. Yeah.
All right, you guys, I hope you gathered something from this episode. We are gonna put lots of resources, so just scroll down to the show notes. If you have any questions, as always, you can DM us on Instagram, email us at biohackerbabes. Let us know what you think about this episode. Check in with us. We are here for you in isolation, and we will see you next week. Love this episode of the Biohacker Babes podcast? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate your support. Until then, happy biohacking. Bye.